0: This morning we're going to continue on in our studies in the, in the uh, Gospel of John. John chapter 1 we're still in. This is be the sixth study out of this uh, Bible sermon series in the Gospel of John. And this morning, Lord willing, we're going to look at verses 19 through 28 of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We'll go ahead and read our text. Here the Bible says, And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou thyself? He said, I and the voice of one crying out in the wilderness Crying in the wilderness Make one straight the way of the Lord As said the prophet Isaiah And they which were sent Were of the Pharisees And they asked him and said to him What baptizest thou then If thou be not that Christ nor Elias Neither that prophet John answered them saying I baptize with water But there standeth one among you Whom ye know not He it is who coming after me Is preferred before me whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We're now asking for your help, Lord, to be able to preach, and Lord, that your word will do a mighty work in our hearts and we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Back in uh, October, is uh, we studied on the life of John, when we were looking at verses 6 through 9. Uh, and so we talked about this just for a little bit, but um, this morning we're going what we're looking at, I've titled it The Record of John. That's what the Bible calls it. In verse 19 it says, and this is the record of John. And that word record right there means uh, evidence given, a witness, a testimony. It comes from a Greek word, if you're interested in that, called martu, uh, marturia is the Greek word for that. But uh, it it simply means his testimony. And that's what a lot of people call this whole section from here all the way to the end of the chapter is John's testimony. Uh, I'm going to use the Bible word record. John's record. So this is the record of John. Uh, Go ahead and look at that again, verse 19. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? All right, so we see that uh, who's been sent. It says the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem. Now, at this time, John the Baptist's ministry was at its peak. He was wildly popular. Uh, They were people coming out from everywhere to see what was going on and to hear the preaching of John. He was a very powerful preacher. Uh, He was one like Elijah. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But uh, they were... Throngs of people, big crowds that would come out to where John was baptizing. Now, a lot of times we talk about him uh, doing all this out in the wilderness. This is not the wilderness. This is in, on the Jordan River, on the banks of the Jordan. John was in the wilderness when God called him to go out and uh, begin his ministry. So, and, and we'll also look at that here in just a moment. But uh, the Jews, they send these priests and Levites. Uh, Levites. Of course, the the Levites were the priestly tribe, and they were all part of what we call the Sanhedrin Council. Now, the Bible doesn't say the Sanhedrin Council sent them, but that is most likely who it was that sent them. They were the kind of the rulers of the religious uh, things in Jerusalem. And so they stayed on top of everything. If someone came into town or they heard of someone preaching or teaching some kind of doctrine concerning the Lord or, or God, uh, they didn't believe in the Lord Jesus at this time. So uh, anybody that came claiming to speak for God, they would send people out to find out what's going on. Who is this person? Who gave them the authority to do this? Why are they doing it? All, all these questions. And so they send out these people to uh, to ask him. And we can get a, a, kind of an idea of how long John's been preaching in his ministry by looking in the Bible over in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 3. Verses 1 through 3 gives us an idea of about how long John's ministry has been uh, going on at, at the present time that we're speaking of. Luke 3 and 1. The Bible says, Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of Itura. And the region of Treconatus and La, uh, Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, into the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So we get a timeline. Tiberius Caesar reigned, this is historical, he reigned from A.D. 14 until A.D. 37. Now A.D. of course means Anna Domina, which means the year of our Lord. So the year that Lord Jesus was born is when A.D. starts. It's not after death. A lot of people think A.D. means after death. It does not. It's the beginning, the uh, Ami Domina, which is the year of our Lord, when the Lord Jesus was born. And that's when how our records uh, are kept. That's why they want to get away from from uh, B.C. and A.D., uh, the secular world does. They don't like that. They want to use B.C.E. And, and things like that. C.E., um, they don't want to use A.D. and B.C. because it refers to the Lord Jesus. Uh, but uh, this Tiberius Caesar is reigning in that time period, so in this 15th year. So that would be A.D. 29, approximately A.D. 29, maybe close to 30. It, it just depends. And so we can say the ministry of John the Baptist began around AD 29, give or take, you know, a few months or whatever. And remember that John is six months older than Jesus. Uh, Jesus' mother Mary and John's mother Elizabeth, they were cousins. And when Mary came to visit Elizabeth and the babe leaped in her womb, the Bible says, when she entered and so six months prior to Jesus being born, John the Baptist is born. Uh, we can't say, you know, put a pinpoint and give it exact timelines, but we can say John's ministry began around six months before the Lord Jesus' earthly ministry. Now, remember, we the Bible is silent on, on the years of Jesus from 12 years old up till he's 30 when he begins his earthly ministry. And, and John, also the same thing. We don't see any mention of John until after what it's it's spoke of him there uh in his mother's womb and, and his birth, when Zacharias, remember he can't speak because the Lord caused him not to be able to speak. Uh but we don't hear anything else about John the Baptist until this point when all suddenly the Lord calls him because he's out in the wilderness and the Lord calls him to come and, and begin preaching. And so Uh, About six months, probably before Jesus, John's ministry starts, and then Jesus comes along for the baptism, uh, for John to baptize him. We do know by the time Jesus came to John's ministry, John was the most popular preacher in the land. Uh, It had drawn the attention of these religious leaders, this crowd from Jerusalem. That's why it said the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem. Now, the Jews, like I said, most likely is referring to the Sanhedrin court. Uh, they're, they're the council of the Jewish nation. They're in charge of anything so-called religious. You know? uh, they especially thought it was their business if anyone claimed to be a prophet or anyone referred to someone as a prophet. And that they were referring to John as that. John was was being seen as some kind of prophet that had been sent because he was so much in resemblance to the Old Testament prophets, which we've not heard from for over 400 years. The Bible doesn't give us any information about any of the prophets after who is it Malachi, and, and uh, then all of a sudden John comes along and he's in the spirit and power of Elijah, and so everybody's excited about this. They they all have ideas about who he is, and so um, they send these priests and Levites out into the, into the where John's baptizing to find out who he is. What, what exactly is he doing and who gave him the authority to do this and so it says in verse 19 the last thing that, what they ask him they say who art thou so they're not beating around the bush they're not coming up and trying to uh, do anything they, they're just determined to find out who he is and no doubt if John professes to be something and they deem him not whatever he claims to be they'll take him before the council to be tried put on trial and they can charge him for all kinds of things, blasphemy or whatever they want to, if they feel like that uh, he's claiming to be something that he's not. And look at his reply, verse 20. And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Now, it may seem strange. The very first thing that John tells them, you know, he's not the Christ. They didn't ask him that. They didn't come up and say, are you the Christ? But that's the first thing he mentions. Hey, look, I am not the Christ. Um, the reason is the reason John responds this way is because there's a lot of people that thought that John the Baptist perhaps was the Messiah that had been promised. And they were looking at him as such. Uh, over in Luke 3 and 15, it says, and as the people were in expectation and all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. So these people that were coming out to hear him preach and saw how powerful he was and in his demeanor and all those things... He appeared to be, perhaps, the Messiah, and so they they were wondering in their own heads, you know, is this is this him? And so that's the reason a lot of people were following him. This is they mused in their heart. In other words, they were they were thinking that he probably was the Christ, but they, they didn't want to come out and say it. You know, and so John, the very first thing he says is, "I'm not the Christ." Uh, the Jews, we know, were expecting the Messiah. John fit the fulfillment. It seemed like of the prophecy concerning Messiah. His birth was miraculous. His mother and father were beyond the age of child of having child children. And the Bible tells us. That. And not only that, his mother, the Bible says, was barren. She's not been able to have children. And then suddenly, Gabriel comes and says, "Hey, you're going to have a, a son." You know, and he's and by the way, he's going to be the one. That's going to announce the, the coming of Christ. So, uh, all of this was uh, miraculous. And so, no wonder the people were musing their hearts about who he was. Um, and so, look at uh, verse 21. It says, And they ask him, What then? Art thou Elias? Now, Elias, as we said before, is the Greek rendering of the, the name Elijah. Uh, So they're asking John, are you the prophet Elijah then? Because they were expecting also Elijah to appear. Uh, And the reason they ask this is because over in Malachi 4, uh, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And so the Jews had been expecting Elijah himself to appear in the flesh in their time period before the Lord came and set up an earthly kingdom, before the Messiah came. And so they're saying, well, okay, if you're not the Christ then, are you the prophet Elijah that's been prophesied to come? And so if John says he's not the Messiah, he must be Elijah. And don't forget that in Gabriel's announcement, Uh, to John's father, Zacharias, listen to what he said in Luke 1 and 17. It says, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So Gabriel was quoting scripture from Malachi saying that this is the one that's been spoken of. And so naturally, he seems to feel that prophecy that he is... Elijah. But look what John said to him. He said, I am not. Okay, so he's not the Christ. He's not Elijah. Uh, but even though Gabriel said he shall go before him in what? The spirit and power of Elias, or Elijah. So not Elijah himself, but one like Elijah, a type of Elijah. In that same spirit, that same power, and John was much like Elijah. If you study the life of Elijah, he was a rough old guy, and boy, he got right in people's faces. Remember, he, he came up to the king and pointing his finger in there and, and telling him. And John was just like that. Plus, living out in the wilderness, John's living in the wilderness, wearing rough raiment, camel's hair, and and a leather belt, and eating locust and wild honey. He he, from all indications, he's like Elijah. Not only that, he could preach and powerful. uh, And people were almost afraid of the way that he preached. And Lord Jesus asked him, what, did you come out here and see a reed shaking in the wind? (laughs) That's not the kind of guy that that John is. So John says, no, I'm not Elijah. So John was very much like Elijah. His manner uh, and and his his, uh, ministry and so that brings us to what Jesus says about John the Baptist. you want to turn there to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, and uh, start there with verse 7, Matthew 11 and 7. The Bible says, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, concerning John the Baptist, that's what it's talking about. What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went you out to see? A man clothed in soft (laughs) raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went you out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he, of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. All right. Now notice Jesus himself says right here, if you will receive it, this is Elias which was to come. Now, in other words, if you will believe, that's what that means, if you will receive it. If you will believe on me, then this is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Elijah being sent. Not Elijah himself, but one like unto him in his spirit and power. So Elijah himself is not being prophesied to come in the flesh, uh, you know, a second birth. <laughs> um, it's one like unto him, and so the, Jesus says, if they'll believe, it, they'll believe in Him in His ministry, in the Lord Jesus, then this is the one that's been prophesied to come unto you to prepare the way. And so the uh, they they keep questioning here. They say, "Art thou that prophet?" Back in in the text there in uh, John. Art thou that prophet? Now that prophet is speaking about Jeremiah. Uh, If John's not the Christ, he's not Elijah, then perhaps he's the one that was spoken of over in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18.15. The Bible says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. Uh, Moses speaking here. Uh, And he's saying there will be one that will be raised up. And one raised up like Moses. And so they're saying, okay, if you're not Christ, you're not Elijah, maybe you're that prophet, Jeremiah. Because the Jews believe that Jeremiah was that prophet that had been raised up to be like Moses. uh, And that he fulfilled that prophecy. And again, look at John's answer. He answered, No. No. So at this point, these Jews are probably getting really confused. They really want answers. And so far, he's not really gave any answers of who he is, what he's doing, and all that. He just keeps denying whoever it is they, they want to know if he is. And so his answer has been no every time. Look at verse 22. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou thyself? It sounds to me like they're getting really testy here. All right. So, he's, for one thing, they probably feel pretty dumb. And they don't like to be made to look a fool. Uh, They're standing out there asking all these, throwing all these things out. And he keeps saying, no, 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 no. And so they're probably getting frustrated. They know they've got to go back to Jerusalem and give an account of who John is. And they've got nothing so far, so they keep pressuring him. They say, who are you? What sayest thou thyself? Verse 23. John's going to give them an answer. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Okay. So here John is taking a direct quote from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. He's even saying that. He's, he's like, I am the one crying out in the wilderness, the voice crying in the wilderness. And, and that's important. He calls himself the voice, the voice. He's not claiming to be somebody. He's claiming to be the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. That's important. And so he takes this quote from Isaiah 40 in verse 3, but for context sake, I want to read Isaiah 40, 1 through 5, of where uh, John is taking them to and referring to himself as Isaiah 40. 1 through 5. Isaiah 40, starting verse 1. The Bible says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak you comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And here's verse 3. This is where John is quoting from. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So what John's doing right here, he's taking focus off of himself and putting it upon Uh, He's he's not going to identify with any man. He's identifying with one that's been prophesied to be a voice that cries out in the wilderness. So he's wanting them to, to take their eyes off him, place it somewhere else. The one that he's crying out about. The one that's coming, the Messiah. So John was not looking to be exalted. He was not looking to have the greatest ministry on the face of the earth. He was not looking... You know, for anything like that, he's looking for them to direct their attention, their eyes, their thoughts, and everything on this one he's crying out about, to exalt Christ. Uh, Verse 24, it says, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. So we've we've got the priests, Levites, Pharisees, and by the way, the Pharisees made up probably the majority of the Sanhedrin court. And so the Pharisees we we know about these guys. They this is the religious most strictest religious group in that time. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, although some similar, they they had a lot of different ideas and beliefs, but these Pharisees were kind of the ones that that upheld the law. They made sure that everybody was doing what they were supposed to do according to the law and the customs and the rituals and the and the rites and the uh all the ceremonies. And so they paid so much attention to the outside things. These men had very little in their heart. It was all up here. It was all what they'd learned. It was all what they see and everybody else do. They always looking at other people. And they were there. It says they which were of the Pharisees. And they would like nothing better than to find something wrong with John. I mean they they go out of their way to hunt something wrong with everybody. Uh, except themselves. And so they'd like to find a problem with John. And report back to the council. And perhaps they'll get rid of this nut out here in the on the Jordan. Baptizing people of all things. And look at verse 25. And they, the Pharisees, asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor liest neither that prophet? <laughs> so in other words, what gives you the right to be out here doing this? Who gave you this authority? Who do you think you are? We're the religious people. If anybody should be out here preaching and telling people about God, it should be us, but not you. What are you doing out here? What? Why are you baptizing people? Uh, John was practicing a religious practice, which was baptizing, but what you what you got to understand, it was not normal for Jews to baptize. They didn't go through a baptism what, like we did, they went under a type, it was a ceremonial cleansing of what it was. The word for it is mikveh. And this was a cleansing, uh, a time they would appoint for, for cleansing, but it's not the same thing John was doing. So, baptism for the Jew is, was not like the baptism for Baptist, or for what John was doing. Uh, usually, that was uh, performed on proselytes, pagans who came into Judaism. Uh, to show that they were leaving that and coming into Judaism, so John is being very radical here, especially to these religious nuts. They're they're looking at him and saying he's doing everything wrong. This is not the way it's done. Why is he baptizing Jews of all things? And and so, as guardians of religious practice, they want to get to the bottom of this, and they're demanding to know what gave you the right to do this? Why are you doing this? Who are you? Who gave you this authority? Verse 26, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. John's not shy to let them know exactly what he's up to. Yes, I am baptizing people with water. You better believe I am. Uh, but this water baptism that John was doing was only a symbol, uh, and it was a, it was uh, done after the repentance of sin, when people would come out, hear the preaching, John's preaching of the coming of the Messiah. You need to cleanse yourself of sin. You need to repent of your sins, and so this was a symbol. He would take them out in the Jordan and baptize them, showing that they made profession, that they love uh, the, the coming Lord that's coming, They their sins to be cleansed and washed away. And so that, that was what John's doing. He said, that's all I'm doing. I'm baptizing them in this water. But, but, he says, there standeth one among you whom you know not. And he's referring, of course, to the Lord Jesus. There's one among you you don't even know. He's coming, and you know what? He is preferred before me. He's much higher than me. I am absolutely nothing. I can't even, I don't even, I'm not even worthy to bend over and latch his shoe latch it. If his shoe latchet it, does not latch, I'm not even worthy to bend down in front of him and latch it for him. That's how lowly I am compared to him. And so, over the Gospel of Matthew, we're told that uh, when the Sadducees and Pharisees came out there to see what John was up to. Uh, and the first thing he did was call them a, a generation of vipers. Who told you about it? Who sent you out of here, you bunch of vipers? And after he called them that in Matthew 3, 11 and 12, he tells them, he said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, this is the same same account we're talking about. It's just in the Gospel of Matthew, told with a little more detail. And he says, this one that's coming is going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. Uh, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. And so John just lets them know, look, look guys. Yeah, I'm baptizing people with water for the remission of sins. It's only an outward symbol of what they've done, of what they're confessing to. But there's one coming, and, buddy, he's going to set things right. He's going to burn up the chaff. And, by the way, you guys don't know him. You don't know him because you're blind. They were blinded to who Christ was. They, they were so wrapped up in themselves and their keeping of the laws and the rituals and the ceremony and their long flowing gowns and standing in the street corner. Oh, Lord, I'm glad I'm not a man. And all this stuff like this. That was what they were about. They were that whited sepulcher that was pristine white on the outside but nasty and dirty and filled with dead men's bones on the inside. They were like the saucer and the cup, the cup that was white and clean but down in the inside it was nasty and rotten. And so they didn't they went, they didn't know Christ they wasn't really looking for him because if they were they would have seen him for who he was it's a shame they if they had accepted him if they believed in him if they had just like Jesus said if you would only only believe if you only receive this John is the one that's been promised to come that Elias to come if you would just believe it but they did not. And so all fulfillment of scripture was given. Everything was in place for them to believe. Jesus could have set up his earthly kingdom at that time and ruled and reigned on earth. But they would not accept him. He came unto his own, his own, received him not. Verse 28. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. So here we're given the location of where John's ba- baptizing Bethabara beyond Jordan. This is on the east bank of the Jordan River. Now, coincidentally, this is well, it's probably not a coincidence. It's it's God's uh, prompting. But this is the same area where the children of Israel crossed over when Joshua brought them out of the wilderness and over the Jordan into the promised land. It's the same area. And right here we have a. This is an artist. Uh, a picture of it this is the jordan river um i'm not exactly sure if this is on the east bank or not but uh this is kind of what it looked like um i was studying a lot about the jordan river last night and in some places they say it's nothing it's down to like a trickle in some places nothing like it was back in the days uh when uh, john was baptizing out there but it, it is a holy place. It is now, you know, of course, roped off. And uh, they take tours and people and, and things out there. Um, my sister Jennifer and her husband John, who pastors Freedom Baptist Church in Rural Hall, of North Carolina, they're going to Israel next week. I think it's 11 days. And uh, maybe they'll get to see that. I'll, I'll have to text Jennifer and see if she can take a picture if, if they're able to go to it. I don't know if they, if they still can or not. But... Uh, it's just wonderful how god's providence is how god directs things that you know all those years later after the children of israel crossed over and uh i believe it was uh jeremiah maybe also crossed over that uh that same place but where the children of israel cross over in the promised land then along comes john look looks like an old testament prophet that that the Lord just grabbed out of the Old Testament, pulled over, stuck him in the new and said, keep on preaching, Elijah. Uh, but uh, we're going to stop right here this morning and pick back up next time. Because next we're going to uh, look at the baptism of Jesus. Why Jesus came to John to be baptized. Uh, he had no sins to uh, you know, confess of. Uh, no repentance of sin needed for Jesus. But Jesus told him that it, it had to be this way. And uh, so we're going to talk about that and look at it and uh, see why that, that was uh, why it had to be done that way. And so uh, you can read ahead and, and be ready for next week. and you, if you got any questions then we'll, we'll uh, talk about them then. But I want us to uh, pray at this time. Our heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning, thank you so much for the message. I pray it's been helpful. God, thank you for all the things you revealed to us through your word. God, I pray for each person that's been listening today. I pray, Lord, that we take this message and uh, think about it and ponder upon it, Lord, not just leave it here today, but Lord, take these things that you've shown us and and apply them to our lives and and think about the the wonderful things that you've shared with us through your word, because without it, we wouldn't wouldn't have any ideas or uh, understanding of anything. And Lord, we're thankful for it. Lord, I pray for those today that are lost. I pray, God, that uh, you will convict their hearts and show them the need to be saved before it's too late. And, God, uh, if you'll show us how to reach them, Lord, what we need to do here at Porchlight Baptist Church, Lord, we'll give you praise for it all. For these things we ask in the name of Jesus. And Amen. All right. Uh, Anybody got anything in their hearts this morning before we dismiss? I believe we got barbecue coming up. (laughs) I said this morning, I hope the preacher is not long-winded today. Uh, but its it's been good to be here in God's house today. look forward to the next time. All hearts and minds clear. Good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. In fear of the Lord, we're separated.